EP. You're with Julian on the Brown Note and a review of Death on the Nile, a film I was determined not to watch. And um, just like in the 70s when there was some very acclaimed Peter Euston off adaptions of who was then, I think still, the world's best-selling author Agatha Christie, who became synonymous with gnarly, twisty stories and detective yarns. Uh, back then, they did, I think, Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile, and Kenneth Branagh has done exactly the same order. Um, Murder on the Orient Express by Kenneth Branagh, I detested. Um, it did everything wrong for me. I've got a big problem with Kenneth Branagh as a filmmaker in that I don't really like anything that he's ever done. As a director, as an actor, that's why I didn't bother watching Belfast, even though it's got great reviews. Um, I just find him really cheesy and obvious, even his acting. In fact, the, the only really good thing I think I've liked him in was a Harry Potter film where he was an excellent character. So when I saw it, it was so glossy and empty and... You had, I think, the same year, or very close to it, you had Knives Out. And Agatha Christie was really dominant um, in her books and the film adaptations of her work and became synonymous with these very, very twisty stories, um, which got overplayed a lot and kind of faded from uh, relevance. I think everyone just got used to The Butler did it a bit too much, even though Many of Agatha Christie's stories had much more complicated plots than the butler did it. But in general, after the usual suspect sort of era, we all sort of guessed everything all the way through. So uh, there was no surprises left. But near Murder on the Orient Express was Knives Out. And Knives Out was magnificent and showed how to do Agatha Christie for modern, the modern era. So I didn't want to bother with Death on the Nile. Uh, the performances were lame. He played the lead, Hercule Poirot, and just wasn't great at all. Uh, nothing about it was, and it was um, really sort of glossy in its environs. Uh, sort of, you suspected all of the spectacular outdoor scenery was CGI, and you do hear a bit as well. So I only just started watching it um, this time around. We've got uh, Hercule Poirot is shown at the start in um, broadening him out uh, and making him out that he was in the First World War and lost his true love, and that's what set him on the course to being a stone-cold detective. Um, so that's kind of invented, but um, uh, it, was really, yeah, it was pretty decent. The opening sort of 40 minutes of this, I thought I was, yeah, this is exactly what I expected from Kenneth Branagh's film. It had that, like the opening hour of The Great Gatsby, where the camera just won't stop moving around and around in circles. Everything is super glossy um, and a bit trite and cheesy. And um, this, this story it revolves around a very wealthy heiress played by Gal Gadot, who steals the fiance of her best one of her best friends played by emma mckay who i believed was uh margot robbie for most of the film i just assumed it was her and she loses arnie hammer the fiance uh to gal gadot and they end up having a honeymoon in the nile and um the emma mckay character turns up continually to thwart their happiness and then bad things and murders start piling up. 
uh, and there's a whodunit on the loose. And most of that takes place on a boat called the Queen of the Nile as it goes along with a load of rich people gradually offing each other down the Nile, all trapped on this boat. Typical parlor game stuff from Agatha Christie, one of her most famous and celebrated stories. But what happened is the second, well, the last hour of the film, it really did change for me. It actually became compelling and it sort of lost that reliance on unbearable gloss and continual camera movements. And um, I thought the first hour wasted some really interesting choices. Dawn French and um, Jennifer Saunders, two of the most fated comics in British history, whose French and Saunders show predated their own solo careers as the Vicar of Dibley and Absolutely Fabulous, are shown together as lesbian lovers. It's quite astonishing, but they're not really used at all in the, in the start. Um, and quite a few others aren't either. No one really stands out. Gadot, Gadot's performance is, I love her, but it is just a little bit nothingy and trite. Um, she's the famed first murder. Basically, the whole bulk of the movie revolves around who killed her. So um, she does exit stage right earliest out of the main players. And um, there are some really interesting choices here. I did not recognise Russell Brand at all i thought he was really good as a, a a dramatic actor here and i just didn't recognize him and it benning's quite good everyone gets so much better in the second half of this film and it builds up a real head of steam uh, with regards to excitement and actually wondering who did what uh, which resolves itself the, the resolution of several times needs coincidences or things to go right but in general i would give it a pass for getting to the end and doing it well and still having surprises up its sleeve and um i thought that the um arnie hammer i absolutely trashed in his last time out in the awful remake of rebecca he's not so great in the first half but pr pretty reasonable in the second half he unfortunately derailed this film's prospects quite badly by being one of the main stars at the point um he'd had a year of um stories coming out about his extreme sexual proclivities and cannibalism uh where which saw him airbrushed out of virtually all the promotional material and it's a bit awkward um i thought annette benning was very very good and i, I like the russell brand character as well and um emma mckay i thought really came into her own as the movie progressed um she was a little bit nothingy in the game in the first half but when she was given a lot more to do I thought she came with like I've never been um, impressed with Letitia Wright, the actress. Everyone loves her. She's like this young person sensation in Marvel movies. She was um, Shiri in Black Panther. My least favorite character, I think, in all of the Marvel films. I thought she was clunky as an actress and a trite character. And I was being asked to believe this goofy teenager was the equivalent of Tony Stark, super genius. And I was just like, I'm not buying this. I have to say again, I found her to be uh, really quite clunky. So she was not a strong point in this film. Tom Bateman was quite charming um, as um, Hercule Poirot's friend uh, and provides another plot line. Uh, it's beautifully shot. It is so sumptuous, it's almost unbearable. Um, though at times the um, radiant sort of exteriors of the Nile look like CGI, 
they're not the best shots. The shots on the boat and stuff like that are, are actually much, much better. Um, it does look like a million dollars. And um, yeah, I was enwrapped in that second half. This first half might have been exactly as naff as I predicted it would be. But even Kenneth Branagh's uh, performance as Hercule Poirot in the second half adds depth and a bit of grit to a role that he cheesed it through in the first film. Much better film, I thought, than Murder on the Orient Express, unexpectedly so, and allegedly pointing to more films to come. And um, given I would have said Knives Out really wiped the floor with uh, Murder on the Orient Express because um, it, that was just harking back, whereas Knives Out felt fresh and new, hopefully it can inject a little bit more of that. This one did feel a bit edgier as it progressed uh, and I'd like it to go more in that direction if he comes back again but overall I really enjoyed it uh, a very very solid 7 out of 10 for Death on the Nile